Good afternoon. Welcome to Coffee and Conversation, a podcast brought to you by the Del Norte County Office of Education and Del Norte Unified School District. My name is Jeff Harris. I'm the superintendent of schools for Del Norte County. And every Friday, um, our goal is to bring together people from across the district, from our community, to talk about things that impact students, their families, and public education. So today, um, Lisa Howard is joining me. Uh, hi, Lisa. Well, it's always a pleasure. Thank you so much. <laughs> and for those of you who go, wait a minute, I think I know that voice or that name. Uh, Lisa does a lot of work with us on what you may have heard called MTSS or multi-tiered systems of support on attendance, um, on wellness, on mental health. And today, Lisa, we're going to talk about something that we've talked about a lot before, which is attendance. Yeah, it's a big topic here in Del Norte County and across the state, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, and and I think if we just kind of, you know, pull a Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure moment here, <laughs> we've got a... Um, oh, no, that's Wayne's World, not Bill and Ted. Yeah, that's Wayne's World. Yeah, it's getting my references mixed up there. So we go back uh, to, I'm going to say around 2015. And at that point in time, we were hitting roughly 25% chronic absenteeism. And you were a teacher in the classroom, and you probably felt that burn. Yes. You know, when you're missing a quarter of the faces that should be staring at you every day in those desks, uh, you can definitely feel it because you look at grades, you see how everything correlates, who's actually passing classes, who's earning credits towards graduation. It all reverberates together. Yeah, one, it's hard to teach, right? Because you, you plan a lesson, and if a quarter of your class is gone on average, the next day you walk in, and if another quarter's gone... Only half the class knows what you talked about the day before. Oh, absolutely. You feel like you're always in a backward spin, uh, two steps back, one step forward, and you're always in catch-up mode, which is unfortunate because I think kids really do come wanting to learn, and when they feel like they're in a stall because their other classmates aren't there, um, it's a real disadvantage. It, it discourages them, and that's not where we want to be. We want to keep them positively motivated to learn. Right. Well, so going back, I mean... At that point, we had about 25% chronically absent. Um, prior to COVID, we'd brought that number down to single digits. I mean, we were under 10%, I think, that December, January prior to COVID. We were doing a trend of uh, a decrease of about 4% every year. So we were going like 25 to 22 to way down to 16 for a while there. And like you said, that year of uh, when we went on COVID, we were really going to hit the mark and we were very excited about that. And we got a little stalled. <laughs> and then COVID hit yes. and everybody was absent, right? Um, and then when we came back, I think the numbers were pretty alarming. In um, 2021, we were roughly 60% yeah. chronically absent. And then the following year, 21, 22, we were at 40% roughly. And even this year, you know, a lot of people have said, wow, it's kind of nice to get back to normal. We're pushing close to 30% chronically absent. That's right. So again, if every classroom, so if this is our average, is missing a, a little more than a quarter of their students that they're supposed to be teaching, that's a big gap. It is. And and we know that families don't have control over some of it, right? With with COVID, with RSV, with uh, the flu, with everything else going around, um, we've got a lot of students that are out sick. And when they're getting sick, they're out for 
three, four, five days. Um, and, and I think it's important, too, for the community and public to remember that chronically absent isn't truant. Chronically absent is absence for any reason once you hit 10% of the school year. Mm-hmm. So excuse absences illness, parent justified, whatever the reason might be, the state just says, is your child able to learn in a school setting today or not? And that's where it's at. And, you know, and I think that upsets some of our families because they're like, I'm doing everything right. And you're saying my child is chronically absent. We're not saying the child is chronically absent. That's a state definition. And we have to report that to the state. Um, And again, it doesn't matter whether, whether the family went to Disneyland or everybody in the family has the flu, it can still wind up with that child being considered by the state as chronically absent. It's a measure the state uses for school excellence, really. When they're looking at student achievement, they link attendance to that metric as well. And they say, you know, it's a whole big package of about student learning and success, and you can't have one without the other. Well, and I think that bears out in the data, because if we go back prior to COVID, when we were decreasing from 24 to 22 to 16 to the 10 range, 9, 10, 12 range, um, we actually, as we decreased chronic absenteeism, we saw our test scores, actually the growth matched the rest of the state as far as growth. The percent proficient wasn't there, but the growth matched the rest of the state. Um, after COVID, with two years of heavy chronic absenteeism, um, we saw decreases. So, you know, I think there's, you're right, that link between being in school, being able to learn, being prepared to learn with lessons that build on themselves day after day, that, that, that idea that success breeds success, right? Being there, being able to engage leads to better academic achievement. Yeah. We have established routines and expectations at schools. And as kids spend time away from school, whether it's over summer or a long period of time, you know, we have to reteach those things. And every time that we have to stop and reteach what our expectations are for behaviors and social norms and all of that at schools, that is, again, impacting our ability to then learn the state standards and the other things, the metrics, again, that the state has put out before us. Yeah. Well, and I think it's interesting, too, because one of, I think one of the biggest criticisms that we get anytime we talk about attendance is people say, you only want my kid in the school for the dollar, right? Um, but for the last three or four years, that's not the case. Um, it hasn't been based on ADA at all. It was all based on pre-COVID numbers. And, you know, you and I were, were talking just before this, and we're in, we're in a pretty good place up for the next couple of years. Right. Up through the school year of 2024, you know, the state is really taking care of schools to basically foster the growth and getting back with routines and encouraging parent outreach and engagement and tried to do by schools what they could to support us in our efforts to see student learning. So that's been a real um, benefit and less stress on our side to be able to have to worry about those dollars at the same time. Right. Well, because, again, I don't think for anybody who's a good educator, it's ever been about the money, even though even though attendance, because again, it was about, I don't know, 10, 12 years ago, the state moved from an enrollment model to an attendance model. Um, and hopefully they're moving back to an enrollment model again, because when we have 
staff, when we have programs um, that are dependent on attendance, which like you said, right now we're not, but, but that are dependent on attendance and those attendance numbers fluctuate, we could be losing millions of dollars on the state's model. So I think it's a flawed system, um, but it is what it is today. <laughs> um, but, but let's talk a little bit about um, how families, if they're struggling a little bit or, or whatever that looks like, how can they support their student or their, their child? Because the last thing we want to do, even though we do have it, and again, it gets a bad rap for a lot of reasons, we can talk about it, but is SARB. The school attendance review board. Um, the purpose of SARB years ago was really the pathway to the district attorney's office. Our SARB board now, in extreme cases, is that, but that's not the purpose of SARB. The purpose of SARB is to find supports. But there's a lot that goes on before a family ever gets to that point. Right. We have tons of tiered supports before we get to that level. And so we, again, under our multi-tiered system of support, look at attendance through this lens of a pyramid. And so we look at foundational supports, like how do we support physical and emotional health and safety at schools, as well as their belonging and connection, and looking at student relationships with the staff there, and then how to challenge them academically and engage them, right? So we look at all of those types of things, um, foundationally of do they have access to the internet? How do they get transportation to school? You know, what are the things that provide for a student to get to school and then a healthy learning environment when they're there? Oh, yeah. Well, because, you know, <laughs> and, and attendance incentives are a huge part of that, right? And I, I remember when I was a middle school principal, we would hold dances. And part of the dance uh, requirement would be you had to be at school that day. Um, some of our dances, it was if you had perfect attendance, it was free to get in. If you didn't have perfect attendance, it was, I don't know, $3, $4, $5 to get in the door. We would have kids come to school sniffling with fevers because they wanted to get perfect attendance to get into the dance for free. Kids are always so excited about incentives. And you always hear about that classroom party that wins the popcorn party or the pizza party because they were able to spell out the letters of their school like Peacock Pride. And as a result, the kids are all in, you know. And so it's wonderful to have that excitement about school and then having parents support that when kids are healthy and coming to school oh, when they should. And, and healthy is a key part there, right? Uh, but, but I think that and that goes back to those relationships, too. Right. Because that's that students being interdependent on one another, on encouraging their peers to come to school. But it's also um, the teacher really encouraging that. that that's that whole 360 buy in that happens at our schools. The relationships with parents as well, that communication piece, you know, the outreach, the phone calls, whether it's the school secretary calling to see, you know, what's the reason for your student's absence? We're just checking to make sure that your student's doing well. How can we help? You know, those mm -hmm. kinds of things. The same thing, your family engagement liaison may be reaching out to you and saying, hey, I noticed that your student's been out for three days this week. What other supports can we offer you that might help um, you to uh, encourage your student to get there. What else can we do for you? And they're really digging into um, how students, families, teachers, staff, everyone together is connected. And and that's a new position. So two years? 
I right. Think. Family engagement liaisons. This is our second year of that. There are eight of them currently, one at each of our K-8 schools, which is remarkable. And so they're really our tier two piece. So what happens is all students receive, you know, their um, schedules and all of the attendance recognitions and improved attendance and all of those fun things Popcorn that are awards. Parties, right. Yeah. Exactly. And the tier one. But when students need more because they're running up their absences, we get a little bit concerned about, well, what's that root cause? How can we help? Because oftentimes it's not just the student. You know, a kindergartner may not know what all the struggles are of the family to get the child there to school, but the parent sure does. And so that's who we're connecting with. At that point, how can we help the family? Maybe it's food, clothes, shelter. We don't know exactly, but the more we're connected between schools and families, the better off we'll be able to see students succeed. Yeah. And and I think a lot of people, too, um, and tell me if I'm wrong, because I think we've had this conversation with our school secretaries and with our site principals. Um, when it comes down to absence reporting, right, so a child is going to be gone today, there is a, I think sometimes there's a desire to kind of avoid that call. And so they'll see the school number pop up. And they ignore it. Or we've even heard some people block it. (laughs) And and again, I I just want to remind folks that that call isn't to hound you. That call is not not to, I'll use the A word, hold you accountable. That call is to provide support. To find out what's going right. on. Calls are concern and communication. And that's the most important thing that we want to stress with families is that we are concerned and we would love to help if we can help. And that means resource and referrals. We are all about that. And we do want to make sure that you're successful as a family unit because your student is successful successful as well. So it's really important that people perceive those phone calls as our outreach efforts to make sure that your student is doing well. So before we get, so you talked about resources, and I think we've got a couple of good places for folks to go and you've got some resources available for families. What resources are out there? Because occasionally I get phone calls, right? Mm -hmm. From a parent who says, I've tried everything to get my child to school. I've tried everything to get them out of the house. I I had a child myself who who had some health issues, had a really, 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 really difficult time integrating into uh, a school environment, you know, which led to a variety of things. Um, but um, how can parents get support or, or what supports do we have? That's kind of when we talk about that pyramid, that's kind of in that tier three realm to really support a family, to help them support their kids. So at the point where we get to tier three, so the family engagement liaisons probably called your house a couple of times and have identified a few barriers and we've been trying to help remove those and all of that, but it may take uh, a referral beyond that. It may start with a counseling referral. It may go to one of our local agencies. Wraparound is also mm-hmm. a possibility, you know, so we have a lot of um, what I'd call interagency and nonprofit work. Our community is really um, outstanding with that, actually. And so asking uh, what else can we do for my child, especially as a parent, you can see it at your household, what your student may be struggling with and you need the assistance for them outreach to us. And so whether that is your teacher, your principal, your counselor, your family engagement liaison, you know, 
whether you email, you phone call, you stop by the, the, the front door, you know, we sure want to listen and address the issues that you may be facing. And you have, you've put together a lot of resource. I think um, you, Michael Hawkins, our public information officer, uh, Nikki Corbusine, you guys have really kind of spun some uh, websites and some different resources in a way that make them very easily accessible to parents. So dnusd.org slash attendance actually has a whole page built with attendance resources and things that might give you some suggestions on what to do. And uh, we're going to be attaching there the engaging parents and preventing chronic absenteeism. Uh, There's a little handbook there. There's some ideas and strategies. We're also trying a few new things as well. Um, We have some local resources in Del Norte that we have put up for students to be able to access. You know, sometimes students are in between homes or whatever the situation is, the family's moving around quite a bit, and it gives uh, families and students the ability to access those resources that they're looking for. Uh, Again, whether it's just healthcare, it might be clothes or laundry services, showers, I don't know, but that's also posted up on our webpage. And then the last thing I would say is look to the resources that family engagement liaisons are now starting to engage with, such as our um, attendance parent cafes. You know, you can stop by and it's usually around one of those award ceremonies that your schools have, uh, either the hour before or the hour after to kind of meet and greet and discuss with parents, hey, what's going on and shared experience. You're learning the little tips and tricks of the trade of, oh, how do I get my kid to motivate out of bed and, and get to school on time? What else, what else can I do? And it's just nice to have some friendly faces with shared experience um, around a table. Yeah. Well, and, and I have to say, you know, I, I love both my kids and I know you had one of them in class, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's, I wish as a parent, there had been more of these kinds of things available to my wife and me um, when, when we had kids, because I think when we were kids, it was a very different world when our parents said, get up and go to school, right? Yeah, there was, um, I remember a lot of consequences in my life. So, um, you know. Yeah, (laughs) a little different, you know, 50 years ago, Um, 40 years ago, I'm not that old. But, um, uh, you know, when when we do roll into these sorts of, um, uh, of resources, I really would encourage people to take a look. You know, it's, some people won't do it because, or they won't contact us because they don't want to be judged or they don't understand why illness counts as chronic absenteeism and it's frustrating and, and we get all that. Um, but I think that's why you guys have worked so hard to get these resources up so families can access them in private. They can access them at their home. They can access them when they need to access them. Um And I think you started at the very beginning when you were talking about all those things that need to be in place for kids and families to be successful. And so there's also um, a web resource that is the uh, Del Norte Wellness Center. And that's another great place. And I think it's, uh, is it DelNorteWellnessCenter.com? Yes, it sure is. And it's got family resources embedded on there. Um, We also have 
connectdelnort.org, which has all of our local agencies and nonprofits there. So if you don't want to pick up the phone, but you want all online resources, or you want to be connected directly with that local agency, you just don't know how to do that. That site allows you to uh, put in what your parameters are. Are you looking for health and what kind of health are you looking for? And, you know, how can we help? And the idea is that you're just a couple of clicks away to the services that may uh, be the things that really set uh, your your family really uh, at a pace that is now much better for you uh, and your student success as well. Yeah, well, and, and I think at the end of the day, that's really it. You know, there are a lot of barriers to attendance. Um, our job and our desire is really to help families and help students come to school um, to the fullest extent possible. Again, we, we understand things come up, right? But but to come to school to the fullest extent possible so that students can be successful because, you know, one of the big data points that, that comes out over and over and over again is a well-educated person with a high school diploma lives longer than someone who doesn't. And so literally... Um, with families working as partners with schools, we're helping our kids live longer, healthier lives. And so, I mean, it, it really is about that, mm-hmm. I think, at the end of the day. Right. Increased education levels, increase your income levels on average, increase your health markers on average, which increase the total life expectancy and how well you're doing as a family as a whole. Yeah. So, Lisa, again... Um, a lot of good resources, a lot of good tips. Uh, we'd encourage families, again, to go to dnusd.org slash attendance, to delnortwellnesscenter.com, or to connectdelnort.org. Um, if you get lost in all that, you can just go to dnusd.org and click on the Families tab up at the top, and it'll take you to all those uh, resources as well. Thank you for all the work that you've done on this and continue to do, because I know you make your rounds of the schools. You guys talk about it all the time. That's right. Parents are our partners, and that's really always my message is come join us. Yeah. Doors are open. Parent cafes are a relatively new thing, and our family liaisons would love to have you attend those. So that being said, again, uh, we are now, I believe, in the last 90 days of school or pretty darn close to it. So if you need anything, if you need any help, if you want to talk to someone in more depth about attendance or um, how to help you, your family and your child, give us a call. Uh, We appreciate that and uh, we'll do what we can. So Lisa, thanks again for joining me. It's always a pleasure. Thank you. All right. 